This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. A season like none before has yielded an offseason with the uncertainties and questions to match. We'll keep you up to date on things in baseball and with your team on the Twins Hot Stove Show. The Twins Hot Stove Show is presented by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome in. It's the Hot Stove Show. Welcome to February. It's our final stretch into spring training as the Twins making some moves this week. The Hot Stove certainly is heating up, and we're getting ready to make some plans to be in Fort Myers at the end of the month. We've got a very special show for you today, brought to you, as always, by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Jeff Passon is here from ESPN. Uh, you remember him from joining us when he talked about The Arm, his amazing book. He is the guy as far as breaking news around Major League Baseball, and he has also found time to write what is the story, uh, not only of uh, 2021, I know we're only a month into it, but I think it's going to stand the test of time. He'll talk about that, issues around the game, and a whole lot more. A couple quick notes, though, before we welcome Jeff Finn. One, Dwayne uh, Twilliger, uh, first base coach for the Twins and their World Series clubs, passed away at 95 today. Uh, Twig was a dear friend of mine from our days riding buses together in the Northern League, uh, where on a dark stretch of highway between Sioux City and Fargo, he might lapse into telling me about what it felt like to storm the beach at Iwo Jima or to sit in the Brooklyn dugout when Robbie Thompson hit the shot heard around the world, Bobby Thompson, or uh, to work with Ted Williams or to turn double plays with Jackie Robinson. Uh, He was truly uh, a singular human being, an amazing human being, whether you're a baseball fan or not, and he's a guy we should remember and we should uh, value those memories of Wayne Terwilliger passed away at 95. And I can still say that was way too soon for Twig. So uh, Twig, we miss you and rest in peace. And with that, I will welcome Jeff Passon uh, into the conversation. You ever have a chance to run into to Twig in your many travels? Uh, heard stories, never did meet him though. But uh, listen, a, a life into the 90s is a life that is unquestionably well-lived. So I, I look forward to, to reading uh, some good stuff on him the next couple of days. Yeah, he was he was somebody else in this, uh, this webbed world of baseball and, and well beyond. Let's talk first about just kind of the nuts and bolts stuff. You broke the story last night. I don't think it was shocking to anybody, but Nelson Cruz back to the Minnesota Twins kind of felt inevitable, didn't it? Yeah, it just feels right. It's almost like this incarnation of the Twins without Nelson Cruz would be empty, would have a hole in the middle of its lineup. And listen, the Twins have uh, made some moves this offseason and are going to look a little different than they have in the past couple of years. But going up against the Chicago White Sox team without Nelson Cruz in the lineup, he's going to make an enormous difference. And I I think the Twins still probably have, uh, you know, one more uh, move left to make where they can take this team, uh, which, you know, arguably is the second best in the American League Central right now and go and if not match the moves that the White Sox have made, bringing in Liam Hendricks and trading for Lance Lynn and 
getting better, they can get pretty close to it and uh, hopefully nab one of the wild card spots. All right. That's Jeff Passon, who just ensured that his inbox would be full of vitriol from Twins fans who just heard him say they were in the wild card spot right, right off the top. You man, listen, moves. listen, man, listen, I'm just I'm just going to keep it real here. I think the White Sox are a slightly better team than the Twins are right now, but what? gap can be bridged. I am saying that on on the Twins radio now. It's, it's not the smartest thing to be doing, but well, what are you going to do? Is, any, is anyone do? ever is anyone ever going to accuse me of uh, of not speaking my mind and trying to tell my truth? No, that's why no. we love you. And uh, again, <laughs> speaking of telling truths, uh, your story about Drew Robinson came out uh, yesterday. You described it before it came out as maybe the most important story you said that you felt you'd worked on. And if you haven't read it, I encourage everybody to check it out at ESPN.com. And we're seeing now the butterfly effect coming out of that story as well. The Angleton yeah. Simmons story, which him reaching out to Jeff Fletcher with the Orange County Register to talk about his reasons for opting out last year, his battles with depression and suicidal thoughts. We've seen Rob Fisher, a broadcaster with Memphis. Levi Weaver covers the, the Texas Rangers. Uh, we've seen kind of an effect that I think Drew probably was hoping this type of story would have. Start at the beginning with the Drew Robinson story in terms of where you joined that process and how this kind of took shape. I got a call in... It was probably mid to late May uh, from someone I've known for a long time who said uh, that a big league player had shot himself in the head and that he had lived right there. You hear something like that and you're like, oh, oh my God, how, how, how does something like that happen? And this person told me, didn't give me a name or anything, said the, the player might want to talk. And I was like, okay, let's Let's give it a little while. Like this is too close to the incident for anyone. I need to make sure, you know, I want to be responsible about anything that I'm pursuing. I want to make sure he's in a good mental space to do something that takes the, uh, you know, the strength and the courage of talking about something so stigmatized. So I uh, waited a few months and heard back from this person and uh, he said his name is Drew Robinson and uh, he'd like to talk with you. And that first time we talked, it was over FaceTime and I saw his face and uh, he was missing his right eye. And I think part of the reason he wanted to do it over FaceTime is to see what the reaction would be. And in my reaction, it was more to what he was saying than what he looked like, because what he was saying was the most incredible story I'd ever heard. It was one that was about healing and one that was about finding out who you are and one that was about getting a purpose and one that was about ultimately helping people because he feels like what he has been through, what he's seen in his life, he can help other people avoid and help teach them how mental health is a priority and how you always have someone there who you can talk to even when you feel like you don't. And really, this is an amazing story. And we've seen, I guess, the seep of this being okay to talk about, right? This is not something that's new, this issue of mental health in a very toxically masculine industry and across the entire country. Throw in the pandemic, and now you've got a heightened crucible for, for that environment. But in the past, we've seen guys like Kevin Love talk about it. Uh -huh. uh, we've seen guys in the NBA talk about it. Uh, baseball players have been a little less forthcoming about that. We mentioned Angleton Simmons. Uh, the day your story drops, 
he reaches out to Jeff uh, with the Orange County Register and credit to Jeff for having cultivated that trustworthy relationship with Angleton uh -huh. where he's comfortable talking about it. Uh, but these guys aren't alone, Jeff. These guys aren't alone. This yeah. is an issue. Uh, and I can speak to it as a guy who grapples with depression myself and has had some bad bouts with it uh, where it's pinned me to the mat for a spell. This is something that is pervasive society yeah. and, and baseball is no different. It's not just baseball. It's not just sports. There's a story about life. You know, it's not so simple as, hey, just talk to someone. It's so much more than that. The, you know, the easiest way to look at it through the, through the sports lens is that if you want to get stronger, you run and you lift weights and you do physical activities. You can get stronger in your mind too. You can train your brain to get to places where you never thought that it would, to bring you to healthy places where when you do have those bad days, which all of us have, which all of us are going to have, no matter how great your life is or how well balanced you feel like you are, you're still gonna have down days. Are you gonna have that toolbox there and that strength to be able to pull yourself out of them and sometimes to allow others to pull you out of them? It's, it's about reaching that point of, of comfort with the uncomfortable. And you know it's a really hard thing to accept, but it's something that as the days have gone by, Drew has started to recognize. He, you know, after he started healing, he did have those bad days and they really shook him. Like, I'm supposed to be better. What mm -hmm. am I doing? But, but he understood that even when you are better, it is okay not to be okay. And he says that all the time and getting to spread that message, getting to talk to people who do feel the things he's felt and who do understand what he's been through, uh, that that's going to be the purpose of his life, whether he returns to play baseball or not. And it's definitely, again, a society-wide issue, but there are elements of the baseball industry that I think make it even harder. There are certain elements of the culture of trying to make it to the big leagues, which is hard enough yeah. that I think don't help. Uh, this is not an industry that has been one about being vulnerable where you could show weakness. Uh, and that goes back years and years and it's not to point a finger, but that's honestly just how it is to where uh, it's a whole lot easier to shut your mouth. If you want to make the club than to say, Hey, I'm having a bad day. I need a little help. And we've seen teams hire mental health uh, experts and, and provide those types of resources to players. It's, it's becoming more of a thing. There are mental skills coaches, but Jeff, it's still a world that he kind of just drew touched on briefly that it's a competition every single day with the guy who's supposed to be your best friend next to you. And one of you is going to cash in and one of you is going to go home and feel like a failure. And that part hasn't changed, which I think makes me feel as if we need to be even more attuned to some of those signs. And that part, Chris, is not going to change either. Mm -hmm. there, there is always going to be that inherent competitiveness inside of the sport, whether it's against people who are uh, on the other team or it's against people who you're trying to beat out for jobs. What baseball needs, what sports needs, what society needs is to teach people the skills how to handle that. And that's different for every person. For Drew... It's a matter of meditating. It's a matter of writing. It's a matter of talk therapy. It's a matter of medication. 
it, it's a matter of trying to find that place where he understands that life is going to, regardless of what the outcome is, be okay so long as the process that he's got in place is one that he's happy with. It's so different for everyone. It's uh, it's a lot when you talk about it or try to talk about it. To me, I, I comp it to concussions because you can't properly yeah. explain what you're suffering from a concussion. Uh, no matter how awful it is inside, there are people who'll be like, well, you look fine. How come right. you're not out there? Rub some dirt on it. And it also hits everybody differently. What I, what I deal with is different than what Drew dealt with, which is different mm-hmm. than what Andleton's dealing with, which is what's different than somebody else might be dealing with. And they show up with different catalysts and different triggers. Uh, and that makes it, it's like chasing a ghost and trying yeah. to catch smoke in your hands when you're trying to solve that problem. And it's not even maybe about solving it. I guess it's about flowing with it, but just the ability, even of Simmons to come out and say, uh, Hey, yeah, I had a problem with this. And I had the self-awareness to know that being in that bubble wasn't going to be healthy for me. I think that is a is a giant leap forward. I don't know if the timing was just coincidental that Andrelton Simmons decided to speak yesterday or if Drew's story prompted it. I, I look forward to asking him that this year. But either way, think about what happened on Tuesday, February 2nd. A player who had been in the big leagues for three years came out and said that he had shot himself, but that he lived through it and was trying to change the world through them understanding his story. And then an all-star shortstop who's coming to a new city, who's unfamiliar with it, who had no reason other than wanting to add and help comes forward and says what he says. What, What Drew did takes bravery and takes courage so does what Andrelton Simmons did. And, and let's not, let's not minimize that in any way because of uh, when he did it or uh, because it wasn't in a, you know, in a 60 minute movie in an 11,000 word piece, he felt like he was going to put himself out there and I give him all the credit in the world for doing so. And there were some things he still didn't want to talk about. You know, Drew, like Drew was an open book. There was not a, I I must have asked Drew a thousand questions over the last few months. There was not a single time, honest to God, not a single time he didn't answer a question. Uh, There's still some things that Andrelton, you know, he's he's hesitant to talk about. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And, And I love it because he is not going and doing something uh, willy nilly. He's not going out there uh, and and doing it piecemeal for a reason. It, it shows me that he knows himself pretty well and knows what he can handle in this particular moment. And if it's ever time for him to come out and talk about the rest, that's phenomenal. And if there's not, uh, that is his business and the contribution that he made on Tuesday uh, is certainly enough. Yeah, it's uh, it's big time. And I would imagine that you've had a lot of feedback on this one. Um, <laughs> and I would I would think uh, more than more than maybe even you expected. And as yeah. a guy who is as respected and well sourced in the game as you are, how much of that feedback has come from other players or from front office types uh, who are like either a I had no idea uh, or B, we know this is a problem and we're trying to figure out together how to deal with it. 
you know I must like you, Chris, because I still have 72 unread texts right now that I'm just <laughs> putting off in order to come on here. Um, it was more than I expected. And, and I knew the story was great. And I knew, I didn't know. I felt like Drew was just a, you know, somebody who the world was going to love. You never know with, with things like that, what the public reaction is going to be. Uh, it, it just warmed my heart. It's, it's a really difficult story for me to write in that we have to do it with the kind of sensitivity that I've never taken on a piece before. You know, I don't, I don't typically have to look over literally every word that I'm writing and say, is there a reason for this? If there, is there a purpose for this? If not, is it gratuitous? Is it unnecessary? Could it put people in harm's way? Like when you're writing on a subject this sensitive, uh, you can't take liberties with language. You need to make sure that all of it counts and that all of it is going to uh, keep people in as good of a headspace as possible. And that, that to me personally was the part of this that I appreciated the most, the feedback from people who said it had helped them, that it might save their lives. And knowing that Drew was seeing all the same stuff and what he wanted, what he believed was finally coming true. Yeah, remarkable. You did an amazing job threading the needle perfectly on the story. And you did it while simultaneously also continuing to break stories and news in an off season, unlike any baseball has ever seen. We're going to take a break. Jeff is back with us uh, to change gears and talk a little bit more about some of the other issues facing baseball over the next couple of weeks as we try to get the 2021 season off the ground. We'll take a break. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, and this is your home for Twins baseball. Well, welcome back. It is the Twins Hot Stove Show. We will have more with Jeff Passon of ESPN coming up in just a bit. But right now, as is our custom, the first show of every month, very excited to have Stephanie Johnson back with us. She, of course, with the Twins Community Fund and what a busy stretch it's been for you, Steph. Not only Virtual Twins Fest, which was a booming success, but we also have some new auction items for February. Uh, and we don't want to forget about the ones uh, that we auctioned off in January. How did January turn out? Yeah, the January hot stove auction was a huge success. Big thanks to everyone who participated. We raised more than $1,600 for the Twins Community Fund on just those four items that we auctioned off, which is spectacular. I know there's a lot of interest um, from a lot of people on all of our items. So a uh, huge thanks to everyone who participated. And hopefully you'll find something that you like here in February as well. Yeah, and if you're just joining us, uh, whether it's live across uh, the Treasure Island Baseball Network or on any of our social media platforms, if you're podcasting us, here's how it works. The first Wednesday of the month, Steph joins us and lays out the items you can bid on. Then all month long, you can go to twinsbaseball.com slash hot stove auctions. You can bid on them. And then at the end of our last show of the month, and February is a little bit shorter month, uh, and in fact, we'll be wrapping up our show for the year headed to spring training. Then we award the items and, and away we go. So our four items, uh, let's start with an item that is perfect if your last name is Arise or if you just like Luis Arise, <laughs> uh, a very unique item. 
Yeah, so we have a baseball autograph by Luis Arise, but then um, that included with that is a the locker nameplate that hung above his clubhouse locker during the 2019 um, twin season, which was his rookie season. So it's a pretty unique and cool item. It's a great addition to any kind of sports room, or as you said, if your last name is Arise, it's even better. Um, but it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's the it's the locker nameplate that was in um, the clubhouse during 2019. Which again, it's unique. I mean, there's a lot of different autographed items you can find, and this doesn't have an autograph on it. The ball does, yeah. uh, but yeah. the Luisa Rise nameplate is certainly a unique item. Always going to be a big market for game-worn gear. We've got a game-worn uh, Jose Barrios jersey this go-around. Yeah, so this jersey is from uh, the 2020 season. It's the home white uh, for Jose. Um, so it's got the 60th season patch on the sleeve and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of great pitching and a lot of great games done in that jersey from um, Jose Barrios. So um, pretty cool item there. And obviously um, one of a kind in the fact that, you know, only – We've worn those home whites for a while, but only last year did we have that 60th season patch on the sleeve. So yeah, it's probably about 10 strikeouts in that jersey. Now this is not autographed, but he did wear it. So that's almost even better. It's got some dirt, got some sweat, got some grass stains. Game worn Jose Barrios jersey. Uh, Speaking of game used, uh, we've got a game used baseball from last year. Yeah, so this is a game used baseball. Um, We are excited to be able to offer uh, some of these things because fans, you know, typically if you're in the ballpark, you're able to get a chance to maybe get a foul ball or a game used baseball um, that we didn't have the chance to share with our fans last year. So this is a game used baseball for the 2020 season. Um, It was uh, a single by Nelson Cruz during a game against Cleveland. Um, So that's um, from the September 13th game against Cleveland. Nelson hit a single. So it's uh, MLB authenticated. So you can look up all the details about that baseball, what, how many pitches it was used for, how fast he um, hit that single. It went 187 feet. Uh, if you're curious, launch speed 93.9 miles per hour and he got a single. So um, kind of cool to have that sort of details. Plus just to have a keepsake from this really strange 2020 season and bring home a game used ball. Yeah, and the authenticators put a little silver tab on it, and then you can mm-hmm. scan it, and it tells it tells a whole story uh, of the baseball. And finally, we're going to finish up with a, a triumvirate, uh, a troika, if you will, of autographed baseballs. It is a St. Paul legend set. Yep, so this has um, three autographed baseballs as part of the set. Um, Jack Morris, Paul Molitor, Joe Maurer, so two Hall of Famers and hopefully a future Hall of Famer. Um, all former twins, all grew up playing baseball on the – City Fields of St. Paul, Minnesota. So um, a, a really unique, fun set for the three of those guys um, to get all three of those baseballs together um, as a group, but kind of especially for any Twins fan, but especially all you St. Paul natives out there, um, a, a fun item. to. All right. A great way to wrap yeah. up our offseason uh, with these four items. And again, the last show of the month of February uh, will be your last half hour to bid. And then we will uh, have these uh, prizes sent out. Steph, it's been great having you on every month. Uh, glad we could uh, lend a hand to the Twins Community Fund and the great work you guys do. Uh, and we will catch you hopefully soon at the ballpark. Thanks for coming by. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, that's Stephanie Johnson. Again, twinsbaseball.com backslash hot stove auction all month long to make your bids a great cause and obviously some great prizes. More great conversation with Jeff Passan when we return to the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer next on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends 
are made. Jeff Passon from ESPN. Again, check out his story on Drew Robinson and also follow him on whatever platform you choose uh, to keep up to speed with all of the ever-changing world of Major League Baseball. Jeff, this offseason has been nuts, and it started during the World Series when on the day before the last game, the commissioner used his platform to talk about how poor the owners were going to be and how awful the next year was going to be. Then the last outs recorded, and it becomes the Justin Turner saga, and then it becomes a glacial free agent market, and then it's it's inappropriate text messaging. It's the Cardinals paying uh, or getting the Rockies to pay them for one of the great third basemen and dynamic figures in our game for a season. I think one of their players referred to it as a free year trial of Nolan Arenado, uh, and on and on it goes. Why can't baseball get out of its own way? <laughs> I think it's just the nature of the game. I think baseball, like, let's just, let's also just look at sports. I'm not trying to absolve baseball from any of these things, but if we look at sports, sports is always stupid people doing stupid things. <laughs> it's just, that's, you know, when, especially when games aren't being played and when free agents aren't being signed, there's, there's not much news otherwise. And uh, trust me, I'm not looking to report about inappropriate text messages uh, getting sent. I'm not going out there and hacking into anyone's phones trying to find them. Uh, I, would, I would love to report on an active free agent market. It would be really nice to have it how it used to be. So I can like take a week off. No, that that's not it's not happening. That's not it's okay. Happen. I like I you know when when the twins signed Andrelton Simmons, I was I was happy because I felt like that shortstop market was kind of the bellwether for everything else starting to move. And while there are still a couple of big name free agents out there. Between Simmons and Nelly coming back, um, we're, we're getting most of those top guys uh, off, uh, you know, off the or off the ledger and uh, on the books with teams. And it's it's very interesting to see the shape of these teams starting to take place. I, I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier about the Twins, uh, just so I don't get myself. Uh, <laughs> tarred and feathered by twins fans i think the twins are a very very good baseball team i think the american league central is going to be good i agree and not just like this year i think Mm -hmm. the american league central is set up to be if not the best division in baseball at some point over the next five years then certainly up near the top yeah no i don't i don't disagree i mean even just the the under the radar early signings like carlos santana in kansas city right perfect fit in, in a perfect situation, you know, the pitching's there in Cleveland as a Clevelander. Uh, what, what happened? Did your heart drop a little bit when you had to say goodbye to uh, a generational smile like Lindor? Were you just, were you over it? I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I lost Chris. I lost my sports fandom, let alone my Cleveland fandom a very long time ago <laughs> when I learned uh, that the heartbreak of sports uh, is not worth the elation that comes along every so often. And perhaps that's just me being a Clevelander uh, and yeah. having grown up without any championships. But yeah. I, I've gotten to I've gotten to see it the last couple of years living in Kansas City. My sons are uh, Chiefs fans, especially my older one. And I watch 
the way that he reacts on Sunday. And I look at him and I'm like, you poor child. <laughs> it looks, it looks miserable being a fan of any kind. And I don't like, I, I love sports. Absolutely love sports. It's so much easier to root for a game than it is for a team because a team does nothing but break your heart. Yeah, and sometimes people do too. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> on, the, on the free agent front, you mentioned you thought shortstop was a big linchpin. Are we ever going to get a Trevor Bauer res- resolution or is his uh, ongoing campaign, is that holding up Jake Odorizzi landing somewhere? Yes, that is holding up Jake Odorizzi. And I'm going to be very... I'll tell you what, if Jake Odorizzi goes back to the Twins. Um, Great. If Jake Odorizzi goes back to the Twins, I think they're right there with the White Sox. That's the move that, to me, evens them out. And it would be, you know, I, I don't know if we have time on this show. It would be interesting to go position by position uh, and see how those two teams stack up. Because, I, you know, maybe in the National League East, there's a race – as good as those two, but I don't know if it's the nationals. I don't know if it's the Mets. I don't think it's the Phillies or Marlins. I just look at the twins and the white Sox this year as the single best race of any in baseball for division title. And there are so many great dynamics that we won't know about till the season rolls on. I am more so in Chicago because the twins are a little bit more stable. The LaRusa effect we saw when Lance yep. Lynn came to Minnesota, it was terrible. It just, he didn't pitch well. It was not a good fit. It was an absolute disaster. He's now joining a a new club that has its own personality already. We know he's a workhorse. There's a lot of personality though, and a lot of new faces. And sometimes just putting the Stratomatic All-Stars together doesn't always come to fruition on the diamond. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, does not having fans help that? Does having a, a different schedule help or hurt that process? I've heard from some of our guys, they felt, that playing in pandemic conditions made the team closer faster than being in a typical environment. Can I, uh, can I admit something to you? <laughs> sure. I had totally forgotten about the Lance Lynn era with the <laughs> twins. <laughs> you said, you said Lance, Lynn. how did they get him? I'm looking yeah. at the, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. Oh, we had signed him. his Lance Lynn signed his, Oh, it was a late signing. Yep. And I think he was coming off. Boy, he was mad. He was mad because he didn't get the big contract that he thought we signed him late as like a bargain deal. And And it just was not a good fit for either side. And then he went to New York and got better. And then um, some of the things he started on here. So, yeah. So there's, you know, when Liam Hendricks was, was here as a kid, obviously that I knew that part, Liam, Liam Hendricks, Liam Hendricks came up with the twins as like a, a soft tossing right-handed starter. Yep. Then he went to Toronto, got huge, came to KC, went out to Oakland and God, get your money, Liam. Glad for him to, uh, uh that's to exactly right. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to, you know, I do wonder about the, the bullpens. I look at the white Sox bullpen with Liam Hendricks there now and, uh, with Aaron bummer and with, uh, potentially Garrett crochet, like, they have a lot of arms there. Cody Hoyer, it's guy after guy after guy to the point where if you have, you know, some five and fly guys in your rotation or you're trying to ease Michael Kopech back, then 
it's gonna you know their pitching staff is good twins bullpen i would say incomplete at this point right probably gonna be some more some some more additions it's it i'm very interested to see what Derek falvey and thad levine do there are opportunities out there with some impact type guys who just want to sign at this point and who don't want to be the ones who are missing when the music missing their chair when the music stops that's one of the areas where the twins are really, really good. Uh, and again, we're scheduled as of now for non-time departure for uh, spring training. So uh, at this point, we'll see if that continues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I have no reason to believe that spring training is going to be pushed back at this point, but uh, it's like you said, Chris, this is baseball. Some weird this things. This is a sport that changed the playoff format on opening day last year. So That's we've exactly got, a lot right. of, we've got precedent. Exactly right. Literally anything can happen. Jeff, we appreciate some time, especially today. I know you're busy. Uh, again, if you haven't read it, Jeff Passon's uh, piece on ESPN, and there's an accompanying video piece as well and show on Drew Robinson is critical uh, and important and vital, and I think it's going to be one that we keep coming back to for a long, long time. And I think butterfly effect is, is true here. I think, Jeff, we're going to see the impact of this across baseball and beyond baseball, and I know that's what Drew hoped for, and I think he set some really good things in motion. Uh, I'm just excited to see it happen and getting that story out into the world was uh, just step one of it. Now, now comes the fun part. Yeah. And uh, I think he's got a lot of people rooting for him. Jeff Passan is our guest. Great to have him on board again. It's the twins hot stove show. Uh, remind you twinsbaseball.com slash uh, hot stove auction for those auction items here in the month of February. And oh, by the way, we're just a couple of weeks away from spring training and the Twins announcing today there will be limited fans at Hammond Stadium this spring for Grapefruit League action. We will meet again next week, try to have half as interesting a conversation as we had this week. For Jeff, it's Chris Atterbury saying so long on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.